Chapter 9 Arose Amongst Thorns How could a good, sweet, innocent, pure, nice Yid like you sin against Hashem? The Gemara says, Rishlakish Omar, Ein Adam Oiver Avera, Ella Imke Nichnas Boy Ruachstos. A person does not sin unless a spirit of temporary insanity takes hold of him. Hashem sees every time we sin against him, so let's understand how we look in his eyes. The Nesiva Shalom says that every single Jew is Be'etzem, completely connected to Hashem. Even though you may sin, your sins are not due to a corruption of your pure and holy essence. Rather, it is only because you are overwhelmed by circumstances that bring about temporary insanity, so that you are simply not strong enough to withstand the pressure to sin. For this reason, sin damage does not affect the essence of who you really are and what you really are all about. The Arve Nachal says, Someone who sins is considered insane. A shaita, insane person, does not have the mental ability to properly evaluate his actions and therefore often chooses instant gratification over internal satisfaction and fulfillment. Examples include eating too much candy, not going to sleep on time, playing in the cold without a coat, and other immature things. On the flip side, a healthy person has the mental capacity to put things into perspective and make intelligent, mature decisions. However, even a mature human brain has a major flaw. It can lose clarity and make decisions strongly resembling those of an insane person. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Insanity plea. State Beferish in Wikipedia. The temporary insanity plea argues that a defendant was briefly insane, but is now sane. A defendant found to have been temporarily insane will often be released without any requirements of psychiatric treatment. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that no one in his right mind would ever willingly choose to go against the will of his Creator by engaging in any form of sin. Therefore, your sinning against Hashem was obviously only caused by outside influences that temporarily seized control of your mind and caused you to act against your true inner will. Breaking it down. 1. Let's be honest. It is completely insane and suicidal to sin against Hashem who created you and the entire universe and who has complete control over every single thing in the world. He can make you happy and successful, or he can make you suffer, give you aggravation, physical or mental illness, or simply decide that you have no more reason to even be around, and then, poof, buh bye the Nesiva Shalom says, Shekal Yehudi, Ilu hayamakir umasegas gadlus habayre, Lo hayachayte klal. Shemisha meven is gadlus habayre baruchu, Enoi musugul lachtai. No one in his right mind would ever sin against Hashem, creator of the entire universe. I mean, come on. That's a really dumb idea. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Gutsy Joey. Little Joey was your typical eight-year-old schoolyard bully who thought he was the toughest kid in third grade. But he went a little too far when he picked a fight with the toughest kid in 11th grade. 
Would you ever go up to a black belt and pick a fight with him? Would you ever attack a soldier holding an automatic weapon? Never. Well, multiply that by the infinite number of a gazillion billion, and well, you get the idea. And yet the Gemara says that while we all know that no sane person would ever rebel against Hashem, the fact is that there were only four people in the history of the world who never committed any sin against Hashem. You know what that means? That means that all the other billions of humans ever created on this planet, without exception, did sin against Hashem. So what on earth is going on here? So let's review. The first point that we're making is that it really doesn't make any sense to sin against someone or something so powerful. Number two, aside from the fact that a sinner is going against the wishes of the almighty creator and controller of the universe, there is yet another aspect of complete insanity when a person sins. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Powerful Attraction The new upscale restaurant, Taiva, opened with a huge advertising splash. The entire city was swamped with full-color advertisements of the most incredible-looking restaurant anyone had ever seen. One day, Chaim met Maisha. Hey, Maish, where are you going? Maish replied, I'm going to check out Taiva. The ad looks great. Okay, let me know how it is. The next day, Maish called with his report. Chaim, it looks so good, but I'm so sick from it. I'm never going back there. Three days later, Chaim met Maisha. Hey, Maish, where are you going? I'm going to Taiva. But why? It made you so sick. Oh, well, that's true, but the ads look so great. I just need to go. Again, Maish went. And again, he got terribly sick. After seeing Maish go and get sick and go and get sick and always regret going to Taiva, Chaim made the only rational decision. He went to check it out for himself. After all, the ads looked so good. Think about this. How many times would a normal person revisit something that makes him feel so sick about himself? And why would a sane person do something when the people who have already experienced it told him that they completely regret doing it. Let's bring it home. If you perform a sin, and then afterward you really feel terrible, and you really deeply regret what you did, and you decide never to do it again, and yet you keep on repeating the same sin over and over again, is there any greater insanity than that? Let's get practical. Whenever you sin, your mind loses the ability to control yourself, and your emotions go numb, just like a drunk loses much of his physical and emotional feeling. Sin causes you to be as lost and confused as a drunk trying to find his way home, stumbling, unable to walk straight, unable to think straight, unable to see clearly, making wrong decisions that make it even harder to get home. Let's bring an example to prove the point. L'chaim. Shmiel Moshe had a really tough week at work. After a beautiful, heartfelt Shabbos morning davening, he was invited to several Kedushim to celebrate various simchas. At each one, his good friend making the simcha asked him to join him for a L'chaim, and Shmiel Moshe didn't say no. The only thing worse than getting drunk before going home to have a suda with your family is when your family is invited to your in-laws. 
By the time he got to his in-laws, Shmuel Maisha wasn't even able to see straight or walk straight, let alone think straight. Losing his balance, he accidentally knocked over a very expensive vase that had been in the family for generations. Does Shmuel Maisha need to feel sorry for what he did? Of course he does. Does he need to ask for forgiveness for the damage he did? Of course he does. Does he have to make sure that he never drinks that much again? Sure he does. But would he have done this if he wasn't drunk? No way. In the very same way, you can find yourself acting just like a drunk person who is simply not able to properly control himself. You know what is right and what is wrong, but you don't always have the self-control to stick to your inner pure will to do the right thing. Since any sin that you do goes against your own true inner will, therefore logic dictates that you must be judged like a person who sinned against his will. How many people say, I know that this is the worst thing for me and this is not going to bring me any real happiness and yet they can't stop sinning? How many people destroy not just their spiritual lives but even their own physical lives because of their sins? Clearly, they are unable to control their actions, and they have, to some degree, lost their minds. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Not to blame. Tourette's syndrome is described by Wikipedia as a disorder that some people have that causes them to display unusual movements or sounds over which they sometimes have little or no control. For instance, they may repeatedly blink their eyes, shrug their shoulders, or jerk their heads. In rare cases, they might even blurt out obscenities or do other things that are beneath their dignity. These kind of movements and sounds are called tics, and for people with the disorder, they can be extremely distressing. With great effort and concentration, people with Tourette's syndrome can manage to stop themselves from having these tics or can temporarily hold back the tics. When hearing the above description, one cannot help noticing the similarities between the uncontrollable physical outbursts of someone with Tourette's syndrome and every regular normal person who struggles with his evil inclination. Even a completely normal, rational, and stable person can undergo the most primitive struggles with controlling his eyes, his thoughts, his speech, and maybe even his actions. But the Nesiv Shalom explains what's going on deep inside of us. Yehudi afilu b'shashuhu payel oven, enoi eved l'shnei adoinim, v'rakshuhu b'bechinas anus, she'en yedea l'shis eitzois b'nafshoi, l'hizgaber al yitzroi, v'kulei malei ke'ev al kach, v'gam oz Hashem alikov imoi ha'kadosh baruchu, hu adoinav ha'yochid, v'enoi eved l'shnei adoinim. That is why you need to remember, even when you sin, it does not mean that you are no longer loyal to Hashem. All it means is that you are being temporarily overwhelmed by a powerful force that is coercing you to do things that you are really against doing. Even though you may seem interested and even excited to go ahead with the sin, on a deeper level, you are actually in terrible pain and disgusted with yourself. Therefore, even while you sin, Hashem is really your only master. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands the concept of a mature, normal, functioning adult losing control to the point that he can make incredibly wrong decisions that are inconsistent with his true ideals and life's mission. 
Now we can begin to understand humans from Hashem's perspective. The Medrash says that Hashem said that just like a normal parent does not or should not become upset and personally hurt when an immature child does something wrong, so too, when any Yiddish person acts out in an immature, small-minded and foolish manner, Hashem our Father does not hold it against him. Hashem knows that He created us with flaws and that our mature adult minds can become confused and disoriented to such an extent that we actually lose the ability to make the correct decisions that we truly know are best for us. So, do you still think that Hashem does not really understand you and that Judaism expects too much from you, more than you can actually do? (laughs) I didn't think so.